think of all the leaders and figures that changed the course of history, the Gandhis, the Einsteins, I mean, you name it. They inspired others that inspired others that inspired and so on and so on. It's a, it's quite a powerful gift, I think. This is the Pretzel Podcast from Creative Mornings Munich. I am your host, Mark Lindgren. We at Creative Mornings Munich organize monthly breakfast talks covering inspiring topics in the creative community and life in general. This podcast brings creative inspiration and the stories of our speakers closer to you in your ears. Our guest today talked about the theme Muse in the Creative Mornings Munich event in September 2019. The event was hosted by Tuesday Coworking in Blitz Restaurant. The link to the talk is in our show notes, thepretzelpodcast.com. He is a creative at heart. He comes from branding and technology, and in the past 10 years he has built and led international creative teams in Europe, Asia and the Americas. He strives to learn continuously to become better creative. He believes inspiration is a critical need and a privilege. He is Tom Tressler. Let's start with your theme, Muse, in your talks. So, um, what is Muse? How would you define that? Um, I think in order to understand Muse, one must understand inspiration first. Um, if you think about it, inspiration is being mentally stimulated, you know, to uh, do or feel something. But, and you know, to make this more tangible, I usually describe it like this. You know, in each process, there's an intent and there's a goal. So, like, if we think of uh, the creative process, I want to create, that's my intent, but to satisfy my client, that's the goal. In order to create, I need an idea. And to get this idea, I require to be stimulated, and I think that is inspiration. So I think Muse is the source of this stimulation, and that can be many things. It can be people, can be colors, can be smells, sounds, you name it. There's a lot of these sources that everyone, I think, needs to find for themselves. Yeah, so so basically you're saying that the muse is sort of a, some kind of an object or a thing and then inspiration is what comes out of it when it has an impact on you. Exactly. It's uh, The inspiration happens in you and I think muse happens outside or it sort of stimulates you from the outside. All right. So uh, what has been your muse? That's interesting because, I mean, if you think about it, different phases in life uh, bring different inspiration. Uh, but I think in in my life, very early on, I had two passions where I felt uh, inspired. When I was a kid, uh, I was fascinated by professional wrestling. Keep in mind, that was like 80s, 90s. Uh, and I was not so much about the physical contact the folks had in the ring, But I really enjoyed the creativity along the costumes, the entrance music, and the characters they built. Later on, I did fall in love with music. And uh, I remember, I mean, buying albums, taking out the booklets, you know, looking at the visual representation of the music. And music has kept being a, a huge part of my muse until this day. So it was the time when, when the music still came in a physical package and had this kind of extra... Exactly. Them. 
Exactly, but you know what? I just brought it back. Like uh, a few years ago, I bought myself a uh, a vinyl setup, and I, I went through eBay and I bought uh, you know a quite decent record collection. This is something I rediscovered, and not only from the sound that you know vinyl sound different or sound better in some cases. I really like the fact of owning something and you know making putting this into my collection and feeling it. The haptics, everything is. It's, yeah, yeah. yeah. I like also I like the the actual the feeling when you put it on the on the plate and and move oh, yeah. the needle on top of it and yeah it's uh, a great sound. But uh, let's go back to your to your like first muse. Uh, how do you think think it 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 changed you? I mean, if we if we're going back and again keep in mind eighties nineties right wild times like it was like from colors and everything it was like very you know uh, egocentric and the wrestlers uh, uh, in the 90s what i was so fascinated by was as i said the costumes and i started painting their costumes and you know i started modifying the outfits i i did start modifying the looks and um, and by assembling these different pieces of colors and shapes on paper uh, that was so much fun that i think i mean i believe that this was the time that i discovered uh, my love for design at this point. Music, on the other hand, I discovered by listening, as we said before, but also playing. And I fell in love with the fact that I could uh, interpret any song to my liking. There was no right or wrong. I was the judge, and I started playing the guitar. Later on, I started you know, playing, playing the drums. And the fact that I could reinterpret songs the way I liked it, that was something that uh, I felt very, very inspiring and and I think that changed me until this day. In your talk, you, you mentioned that the inspiration is, is like vital, is important to us. Why is that? I think on a bare delivery standpoint for, let's say, creative and designers, I think inspiration is, you know, imagine it as the fuel that drives your machine. Creatives are asked to reinvent the wheel, at least on the surface, you know, for each concept and, or, or design they create. And if you don't allow yourself to become inspired, I mean, how can you innovate or how can you create? On a bigger level, I think uh, to inspire others is quite a privilege. Because think of all the leaders and figures that changed the course of history, the Gandhis, the Einsteins, I mean, you name it. They inspired others that inspired others that inspired and so on and so on. It's, a, it's quite a powerful gift, I think, when done right, even on a smaller scale. I mean, I I personally, uh, I remember a very early memory of of my teacher in elementary school um, that was super inspiring because um, we were in, we were it was art class and we were supposed to paint a picture of a tree, and what I did was I stamped the leaves with the round edge of my of my sharpener because I thought it was more easier and it looked nicer than the other kids that painted each leaf with pencil. And all the other kids sort of around me tried to tell me that I did it the wrong way. And I was, you know, I was looking up and my teacher encouraged me to try this different way of thinking. Uh, and and I, I think this is something that I still think about. I still know that person's name. I, I still think of her. And even on that, you know, quote unquote, smaller scale, uh, there's a huge impact inspiration um, can have on people. And I remember this picture even uh, uh, hung in my mom's kitchen for a very long time. So. Uh, that was a that was a very fun memory I've had. Yeah, it, it can have an impact on people, but also the whole societies. Exactly. If think, I mean, think about the think about the the Einsteins and the Gandhis, as I said before. 
what they what they've inspired others, which triggers down to other generations. That's a uh, quite a privilege. So uh, you are now now working as a uh, creative uh, leader, um, but you have been doing something else also. Exactly. In the background. So how did you end up in in this creative field? Yeah, and I mean, uh, first I think all creatives are are leaders in 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 a way. So I think we all lead by inventing, thinking outside the box, and and creating. But uh, before I was uh, considering going into creative design. I was big into making music. You know, I uh, I had a band. Uh, I had hair back at that time. Uh, I did record with my band. We we toured. I mean, not big tours. It was more like local show shows, and we were ambitious to be successful. But you know, within that intimate act of playing your songs to others, you become vulnerable. And I realized that this is not what I want to do for a living. Because I felt um, the moment I would end up making a living writing songs, I would have to compromise. You know, we all compromise, which is natural. Uh, I just didn't feel this would have been something I wanted to do with my music, which again is very personal and intimate. Uh, but uh, not to say that my skill level would have been close to making a living out of this. But at least, you know, I had uh, thoughts around this. But if you remember my my two early inspiration encounters, I looked at my other love, colors and shapes. I uh, I wouldn't have been able to not make a living with being creative, but I felt this way I could compromise without selling out. So I started practicing. I, I dug out pieces of creatives that I liked. I tried to copy it first and then build on these ideas. And then 30 years later, I'm in that industry and I'm quite enjoying it. Where, where, where do you get your inspiration now? What is What would you say that is your muse like now? I get my inspiration mostly from the people I work with. Uh, I think it's highly inspiring to work with people that are more skilled or simply better at certain things. But I also feel I learn a lot when I teach a thing that I might be good at. But currently, in a situation like this, you know, where we're sort of stuck at home and 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 can't meet as many people, I walk. I I I do most of my calls with my with my headphones, and and I just walk. I like having meetings by walking. And uh, I I once read that if you're doing a contingent thing, like like chewing gum or walking, like putting one feet. Uh, in front of the other, something you don't have to think about doing, this allows your brain to grasp the stimulations you're seeking or not seeking. But uh, that actually works for me quite well. Let's talk a little bit about failure, um, the mother of creativity and and learning. I uh, one could say maybe um, you talked it in the in your talk. You uh, briefly touched the subject, but but somehow. I found it uh, very fascinating, and, and like we've talked culturally, like in Germany and in Finland, uh, failure really isn't not is not an option. It, option, it's uh, yeah, it's not acceptable. But at the same time, if you think it's a it's a very important part of learning new things, and uh, and as you said, uh, get creative ideas. So, um, how do you think that the cultural differences, what comes to failure? influence people's inspiration and creativity. Totally. I mean, you touched on it, right? Uh, the German culture, and I'm sure the Finnish culture uh, is, is similar. They're like, we don't 
uh, in schools, we don't necessarily value mistakes. I mean, we get grades that reward correct answers, uh, not failures. But if you take into consideration how many great inventions were based on mistakes, and just to name a few, you know, like the sticky notes, microwave ovens, potato chips, many, many more. Um, it's interesting that a different take on evaluating success is not being looked at. But on a side note, because I talked about schools, I have a lot of respect for our teachers and don't mean to criticize. But if we take, you know, a uh, a different example, uh, quite contrary in the United States, the term fail fast gets used more and more because it is believed that the more you fail, the higher your ambition was and the greater your outcome on the few wins you'll secure might be. But isn't the question more, how much risk am I willing to take after consideration and how does my surroundings, which is my boss, my teams, or my culture, treat my potential failure that comes logically with risk-taking? I know I used the word fail in my presentation last year, Creative Mornings, but I believe I would change that to enable taking risks uh, uh, currently, which obviously does not sound as cool. Yeah, fa- failure has certain like a dramatic um, um, touch in it. So um, <clears throat> it would be, if you are in- encouraging uh, taking risk, then that would, in other words, mean that you would like cherish or celebrate failure, right? Exactly. And and I think when you celebrate failure, you also need to very closely look at the learnings because failing is somewhat easy if you allow yourself to fail. Uh, but the learning out of it is, is, is way more important. And I think where I'm going with this is that the fail fast mentality is very much focused on the failure and not as much about the risk taking or the positive effects it has. I think it just comes with it and it really depends on how your surroundings um, sort of cherish the failure that comes with risk taking. That makes sense. You have been working also with the South American uh, people. Do you see any any difference regarding that kind of risk mentality there? Um, not really. I think the uh, Southern Americans, the Latin Americans I worked with, uh, were similar to us here in here in Europe. The really big extreme was the United States, where they where they really drove uh, uh, fail fast to a different level. That was somewhat strange to me in the beginning. Probably still is, but I know it was also very strange uh, to the Latin American countries that I've uh, or Latin American designers I worked with. You also mentioned, and I think that's a very, very important um, uh, theme and, and, and idea, uh, what comes to the taking risk is also creating this kind of a safe space yeah. in, 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 the works, in the workplace. And, and anyway, um, what, what are your experiences on that? And I think that comes back to the calculated risk-taking, right? Like, just imagine yourself being responsible for for a, for a handful of designers and creatives. And obviously, you want them to feel comfortable with taking risks. But if that turns out to be risk-taking, you know, without borders, where things just, you know, hit the wall without being calculated at first, I don't think that's the right mentality. And to be frank... I did see that in the states where a lot of, you know, a lot of the goals were just around the failure and not the actual risk that is being taken. So I think then when the team sort of comes back and says, "Look, we've tried it, we failed." I think it's really important then 
to look at the learnings. If one team member fails by trying something big, you know, and and I think that's the that's the most important thing. He or she feels then the risk was worth taking. Then let's celebrate the spirit. Like um, that's I think that is the that is the thing where you don't celebrate the fail, but you celebrate the spirit of of risk taking. It would feel weird in our in our culture to say, "Hey, this was wrong. Let's let's celebrate this." Um, I don't even think that this works. Like you know, at least I didn't see it in the states that this worked. But um, if you celebrate the risk and you look at the learning, um, I think that's where you generate the most outcome of that. Because as I said, like failing is not hard. Learning is and applying these learning then to the next time we calculate a risk. I think that makes us smarter and it makes us better risk takers then uh, in the next step. Yeah, in, in, in a way, when, when you uh, sort of fail and, and learn from that, it actually turns the failure into a success. Exactly. But you're not focusing on the failure because that is something that's culturally so so strange to us. Like I think the risk-taking is something that we can apply in our culture. But since the – like as we talked about schools, like the the act of failing or the act of making a mistake, just putting a, a, a mistake – in an, in a mathematical equation on a piece of paper, you're not getting rewarded. Why would you be rewarded for this act in 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 your business career 20 years later? But the risk taking, whether it's decision of what school you're going to, what uh, you know, what different subjects you choose, or 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 your strategies on 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 ramping up and learning for for a certain test, all these requires risk taking. And I think that is sort of the hunch or the twist that we can apply to our culture, where we not look at fail, but we look at the risk taking. Let's come back to this current time. What would you say is the uh, the biggest? challenge right now in the creative world i think the uh pandemic situation with lockdowns and people needing to stay home is difficult for getting inspired um your four wall your four walls most probably will look the same for the most part and i always felt inspired by meeting others strange cultures trying different food etc this is not happening right now and probably not going to happen in in the near future and while i cannot speak for the world i can tell you what's what's worked for me and again i take i take the walks in times of video chats and conference calls i take the liberty to not always be present in front of a camera i'll put on my headphones i do my calls while walking in nature i'm quite lucky i uh, uh, i have a favorite place uh, uh, quite close to my house where there's a stream of water with with bigger stones. This is where I like to sit, putting my feet in the water. And that usually helps me to unwind and become creative. And that is so refreshing because uh, if you get stuck in your in your four walls and if you think about it, the uh, if the fuel for your creativity is inspiration, I think you need to look at you need to look for it elsewhere because I don't think overall you're going to find it in the... Uh, in your own four walls for that amount of time. Yeah, you have to open the window or, or rather the door. and uh, Or just get out, <laughs> not just open it, and then, then, then really the get, out. Is to get out. Exactly, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So uh, in, in, in your walks and in, in your four walls, what are you focusing uh, currently? What, are, what, what What is it that you are curious about now? Yeah, I think the source of inspiration then comes from a variety of sources. Um, usually it requires me to be with different people, which I can. So I actually, I don't know if if you feel the same, but like I started using my phone again. Like I literally call people and I have, I have, I have 
conversations. And think about it like uh, pre-pandemic, uh, I was tied to WhatsApps and very short things. I, like, I even thought that sometimes when, when my phone rang, I was a bit intimidated. I didn't want to answer. But now phone has become so important. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, sure. And uh, video calls and... Uh... Exactly. And so I do read more than I than I did before the pandemic to sort of widen my scope. And I try to seek programs on streaming services that address different cultures. Um, uh, by the way, there's, a I think, a very well done show on Netflix around the various chefs around the world that aim to tell the bigger story around the heritage and uh, cultural circumstances, I find that fascinating. And if I can't really experience it by being there myself, uh, that's close enough. Yeah, you can do that kind of for traveling from your comfort of your home. Yeah, from the couch. Yeah. Uh, couch traveling. Uh, what about the muse and inspiration? I, I think we we touched the, it's, it's pretty much on, on the like a professional world and professional level and when you are, are doing something for a, a client or, or so on so uh, what in which way would would that creativity if you think about the muse in your in your personal life uh, what is the difference it's interesting um, I actually found that my most challenging creative task is to do role plays with my daughter uh, I have two daughters uh, but one is specifically uh, uh, interested in role playing with her puppets Sometimes it's horses, sometimes it's dolls. For me to become this playmate of hers, I need to dive into her world. I need to keep conversations going, and I need to understand her fantasy world. That's really, really hard. It's it it is yet very enjoyable, but I but I but I think like especially in in in, in times of lockdown and homeschooling. Um, having the kids around, like I found that this is one of the hardest creative challenges that I've ever faced. And, and and there's nobody paying for it. Nope. But they pay back with smiles. That's how they smiles. pay back. Yeah. yeah. And definitely later they, they will forever remember these moments. Hopefully. I don't want that to be in vain. Yeah. Uh, so before the final question, there's uh, how can our listeners discover more about you and get in touch with you? You know, I'm not a big on social media because uh, I found that this stuff I was posting throughout the years was not adding much value to me or the world. Uh, but the most active platform where I'm posting and reading is LinkedIn. And I'm sharing things that I find interesting, especially in the field of brand, design, and creativity. And I foster conversations there. So I think that would be the best way to get in touch. And I, I always uh, look forward to the conversations uh, uh, on, on certain topics in these fields. Okay, and then we come to our... Final question, which we ask from all our guests. So what does creativity mean to you? That's an interesting one. And I think it's the hardest question. Um, it's my life's essence. Uh, without it, I would be lost, bored, and miserable. I, I try to incorporate creativity within almost everything I do. Uh, when I cook, I never follow a recipe. I like to interpret recipes and make them my own. When I play with my kids, as I just described, I I don't really like playing board games that have a set of predefined rules. We rather role play and interpret kid songs in a funny new way. You know, I'm I'm thankful that I found a way to make a living with being creative every day. 
Above all, um, I value the opportunity to work with people that I can learn from because I believe only then I have the chance to innovate. Because if I would only repeat the stuff that I acquired throughout my career, I would be so far from inventing new things. So I think that is the most inspiring about my job as a creative and creativity sort of comes from all sources, whether that's whether that's people or whether that's the work we're doing. And I'm I'm quite I'm quite happy that that uh, uh, creativity is a part of my life in there. Our thanks to Dom and everyone at the Creative Mornings Munich team. This episode was produced and edited by me, Mark Lindgren, at Hume Production. Our music was made by Shasha Ende. You have been listening to The Pretzel, the Creative Mornings Munich podcast. Send us feedback by email to feedback at thepretzelpodcast.com. To find the show notes for this episode or to get new episodes right to your phone and your ears, visit thepretzelpodcast.com. Thank you for listening.